Thank you, Pastor Jake. I feel the love, Pastor Jake. Good to have you all here this morning. Thank you so much for coming out today. My name is Dan Baker. I'm the family pastor here at Great Oaks Community Church. And today I have the pleasure of bringing us in our study of God's word. That means two things. First off, this group right up here is going to get a whole lot less spit than you usually do. <laughs> so that's good for you. The other thing is, more than likely, we're going to be out on time today. So... Okay, so we're in the middle of a series called Family Matters. What Family Matters is it's a five-week series that's, that, is, that is helping us understand some important qualities that's important for us to have in our families if our families are going to be all that God, God designed them to be. So today we're going to talk about commitment. Commitment. Don't let that scare you. That's a good thing. We're going to talk about commitment. And as I say that word commitment, some of you might have different things come to mind, like, like uh, different images or different ideas about what commitment is. So I have some pictures I want to share with you today. And maybe some of you think about something like this as I say the word commitment. Some soldiers on a beach, right? These guys are committed, right? And thank the Lord they're committed. Uh, right, there we go. I don't know them, but... All right, and then... Maybe some of you think about this. This is a different type of commitment, right? So she is all in, right? I mean, there's no turning back. She's committed. She's headed down that hill. Uh, let's go to the next picture. This is a, maybe a little more traditional idea of what you think about when you think commitment. This is a couple on their wedding day, right? So that's commitment. For better, for worse, till death do you part. That's commitment. And let's do one more. Maybe some of you think about something like this. This is a couple bringing home their baby, their firstborn child. That's commitment. Life will never be the same for this couple. That is commitment. So today as I talk about commitment, I'm going to talk about spiritual commitment. This is what I mean when I say spiritual commitment. Your determination to live a God-honoring life, and to draw closer to Jesus every day. All right? So as I talk about spiritual commitment, that's what I'm talking about today. And to help us understand a little bit more about commitment, we're going to look at a story in the Bible that is fantastic. This is a beautiful story of a woman that was completely committed. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ruth. It's in the Old Testament. It is eight books into the Bible. Right? So, it's, so it's eight books from the start of the Bible. So it's the book of Ruth. It follows Judges. It's a small book, only about four chapters long. I do not have time to read the whole book to you today. I wish I did. But this is what I want you to do this week. Take some time this week. Set aside. It's 15, maybe 20 minutes. Set aside, set aside some time this week to study this book to read it from beginning to end. Let God encourage you as you see this woman's incredible example of her commitment. Since I don't have the time to read the whole thing today, I'm going to have to summarize parts of this book for you today. So I'm going to start by summarizing the first 15 verses of the book of Ruth. So we start, there's a man named Elimelech, all right? And he is married to a woman named Naomi. They live in Bethlehem. In Judah, a famine comes over their land where they're living, right? So food is scarce. 
And in order for them to survive, the husband, Elimelech, decides he's going to take his wife and their two young sons to a place called Moab. So, so Moab is its own separate nation. It's across the border from Judah. I have a map. I'm going to show you this picture here just to give you an idea about what we're talking about. Okay, so there's Judah on the left. You see, this, you see the town of Bethlehem just below Jerusalem up there. And that line kind of shows you where we think they traveled as they left Bethlehem and they went down to Moab. So they had to go around the Dead Sea and then they went down there. And we aren't sure why he chose Moab. He, maybe he knew somebody there. Or possibly, probably, he knew they had food there, right? So he was going so his family could survive. It's strange that he chose Moab because the history between Moab and Israel slash Judah was not good. Uh, there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of battling, a war going on. There was hatred. There was animosity. But he decided to take his family to Moab. After they got to Moab, Elimelech dies. So that leaves Naomi and her two sons. So her sons grow up. They get married. They married two Moabite women. All right, so one of them was named Orpah, and the other was named Ruth. All right, now the story, the, the story for Naomi gets even more sad because before her sons had children with their wives, both her sons died. All right, this is the span of 10 years. There was a famine, they leave their home, they go to Moab. Her husband dies. Now her sons die. She is now together with her daughters-in-law and herself, and they're caring for each other. She finds out about 10 years after they left Moab that there's food and rain back in Bethlehem and in Judah. Well, she's excited. She wants to go back to be with her family and the people that she spent time with. So she starts to head back to Bethlehem. As soon as she gets to the road, she, and she has her two daughters-in-law with her, okay? So they start heading back to Bethlehem. As soon as she gets to the road that's going to take them to Bethlehem, she stops. And she looks at her two daughters-in-law, and she tells them, this is the end. This is the end of our relationship. This is the end of your journey. Don't come with me. Go back to Moab. Go back to your families. Go back to what you know. Go back to where your houses were, go back to where you have relationships, go back to the worship of your foreign gods that you worshiped before you married my sons. Go back home. After she told them this, after she told them this they all started crying, started holding each other. And they both told her, no, we're going to go with you to Bethlehem. So then Naomi, she kind of ratchets it up a little bit more. Now she gets a little more attention. She says, listen, ladies, there's nothing for you with me. I'm an old, bitter woman. I'm going I'm to go back to my people, and it's going to be uncertain. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be what it is. You go back to Moab. It is where you should be. It is, it is your comfort zone. You know the people there. Go get married, have sons and daughters, start, start life over, start your own families. What these two daughters-in-law say next show us a lot about what was in their heart. Because Orpah looks at Naomi and she says, you're right. That makes sense. 
I'm heading back to Moab. I'm heading back to what I know. I'm heading back to what's comfortable. I'm going to go start life over. But Ruth, now Ruth says something very interesting. I want you to listen to these words. Out of Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, she says this. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Wow. Seriously. That is fantastic. Now, friends, keep in mind something. She says this to her mother-in-law. I'm going to go on record saying I have got a fantastic mother-in-law. But from what I understand, some mothers-in-law can be a little difficult to live with. She says this to her mother-in-law, all right? And she is all in, lock, stock, and barrel. I mean, she is committed. She is committed to Naomi's financial health, her physical health, her emotional health. But listen to what she says. My God, your God will be my God. She is committed to the God of Naomi also. The God of Naomi is the one true God. It's the God of Israel. She is committed to God also. Now, at some point, I believe that, that Ruth began to worship the one true God sometime after she married, sometime after she married Naomi's, husband, uh, Naomi's son. But the Bible doesn't tell us exactly when and what time she left the worship of her foreign gods in Moab and began to worship the one true God. But we know here she is committed not only to Naomi, she's committed to Naomi's God. Right? She is all in. Friends, as we look at the story this morning of Ruth, and as we see what commitment really takes and what it really looks like, there's three things that I hope we learn this morning. My goal and desire is as we learn these three things, we let them sink into us. And we begin to live a life wholly committed spiritually, a spiritual commitment to our God and to our Savior every day. And the first point comes in these verses I just read. Because we see here in those verses, I want to go back to verse 15 real quick. It says, it says, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. So we have Ruth. She's standing on this road. She's got her mother-in-law, Naomi. And she's got her sister-in-law, Orpah. Orpah's already decided. She's heading back to Moab. She's going back to what is predictable, comfortable, and it's the life she wants. And she's got Naomi. And Naomi's headed to Bethlehem. It is unpredictable. It will have hurdles. It will have problems. They have no money. They have very little food. With them currently, it is, it is a giant question mark down that road. And she's got to make a choice. She's standing there that day. What road will I choose? What road will I choose? Friends, point number one this morning, spiritual commitment is a choice. Spiritual commitment is a choice. I'm going to expand it a little bit. 
Spiritual commitment is a daily choice. Friends, every day, every day, you and I get up and we make choices. And we stand on a road. And in one direction, that road leads to Bethlehem. It is a giant question mark. It is full of things we don't know. It is full of challenges, hurdles, possible problems. But that's spiritual commitment. That's what life looks like when we head down the road to worship the God of Israel, the one true God, our creator. There will be problems, there will be difficulties, and there will be uncertainties. The other road is to Moab, predictable, comfortable, easy, and the worship of worldly gods. And Ruth had to decide that day. Friends, you and I got to decide every day. Who are we going to serve? What are we going to be committed to every day? I'm going to illustrate it to you like this. Say some of you have a son or a daughter, and they want to be a professional soccer player someday. That's their goal and ambition. They want to be a soccer player. So, so you as a parent, if this is something you want to help them do, you got to commit to it. You're going to sign them up for soccer. You're going to take them to soccer games. You're going to buy them the equipment they need. You're going to get them lessons. You're probably going to watch a lot of soccer on TV. You're probably going to watch some professional soccer matches. You're going to spend your time, your energy, your money, your resources helping them become a soccer player. In the same vein, if you have a child that comes to you and they say, Mom, Dad, I decided I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be a committed Christ follower. You have to make choices, right? You two together are going to have to study the Bible. You're going to go to church together. You're going to pray together. You're going to show your child what it's like to serve together, to serve God together. You have to explain to them the godly way of spending their money, help them understand how to tithe, help them, how to, help them understand how to use their resources for God's glory. But here's the truth of the matter. You only have so much time, energy, and resources to go around. And you've got to decide how are you going to spend it. Every day, friends, we make that choice every day. What am I doing with my time, with my energy, and with my money every day? By itself, one choice seems pretty small, pretty insignificant. But you think about those choices you make throughout a whole day and throughout a whole week and throughout a whole month and throughout a whole year, and you look back and say, wow, I just made a lot of choices. I made a lot of choices this year, and it impacted my spiritual commitment or my lack thereof. Every day, friends, we make choices every day. What road are you choosing? Do you choose to walk the road to Bethlehem, spiritual commitment, with all of its question marks and uncertainties, or do you choose the road of comfort, predictability, and ease. Every day we make those choices. Point number one, spiritual commitment is a daily choice. Friends, don't forget, Luke chapter 9, Jesus tells us, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Daily. We make a choice every day. 
Let's go on to point number two. I'm going to summarize now what happens to Ruth and to Naomi over these next few verses. So they go on their journey. All right, so, all right, so Ruth chooses to go with Naomi, they, and they head to Bethlehem. As soon as they get there, the people around Bethlehem, they recognize Naomi. They start chattering. They start talking. Naomi's back. Naomi's back, right? They recognize her. It's a small community. Everybody knows everybody, right? And they start talking. No doubt, they obviously recognize Ruth. Well, they don't, they don't recognize her. They don't know her. But they see that she's with her, right? And they probably start chatting about this woman who is from Moab because don't forget the history between Moab and Judah. There's, there's friction there. And we don't know. Was Ruth well-received or was she not? We don't know. But there's a lot of chatter going on about Naomi back in town, okay? So as soon as they get back in Bethlehem, they don't have food. They don't have a place to stay. Somehow they find somewhere to live. God doesn't tell us where in the Bible, where they're living, but they find a place to live. That night, in the Bible, we know that Ruth talks to Naomi. And she says, all right, Naomi, we don't have any food. We have to live. So tomorrow, I'm going to go out to the countryside. I'm going to find a field that's being harvested. I'm going to go behind the people who are harvesting. I'm going to see if I can find some heads of grain that are left over, that dropped out of their bags, that didn't get picked, something so that we have food to eat. Well, now Ruth, she's hungry. She's tired, right? She's like, that's a great idea. So in the morning, Ruth gets up, and she probably gets a little bag, and she heads out to the field. She heads out to the countryside, and she sees a field. And there's a field there that's being harvested by the harvesters as they're walking down the field. She goes up to the people in the fields, and she asks them, can I glean behind you? Can I have some of the grain that's fallen to the ground behind you? And they said, yes, you can. So she's out in the field and she's working away, right? She's trying to find little pieces of grain that she puts into her bag so that she has food to eat that night with her and with her mother-in-law. As that's happening, the owner of the field comes up and he sees this woman out in the field. So he goes to his foreman. And he says, hey, what's the deal? What's the deal with the woman out in the field? Who is that? So the foreman tells Boaz, who's the owner of the field, he says, that's the Moabite woman. That's the woman that came with Naomi. She's taking care of Naomi. Her name's Ruth. If you read the whole story, to me it's pretty clear that Boaz knows who, that, that Boaz knows about Ruth, right? So he's familiar with her, but now he has a chance to meet her. He goes up to her, he introduces himself, and he tells her, Ruth, you stay here in these fields. This is a safe place for you. I have instructed my men not to touch you. You drink water anytime you want from our wells. You will be safe here. You stay here and work with my servant girls. All right? So that's what's happening. After Boaz told Ruth that, this is what she says. Listen to this. This is in Ruth. Chapter 2, starting in verse 10, it says, At this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, 
how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. All right. So we're here, so here we have so here we have Boaz. Boaz knows about Ruth. Boaz's foreman knows about Ruth. All the people in the community of Bethlehem, they know about Ruth. I doubt that there are many I doubt there are many widows from Moab living in Bethlehem taking care of their Hebrew mother-in-law. Right? I I feel confident saying she's the only one, all right? And the people know about her. They know what's going on. Her choices caused her to be noticed. Point number two this morning. Spiritual commitment will be noticed by others. Friends, as you stand on that road, and if you walk towards Bethlehem, and if you are committed to God, spiritual commitment, the choices you make are going to be obvious to those around you. And the brighter your light shines, the more attention you're going to receive. And some of the people around you that notice you, they're going to applaud. They're going to think, wow, that is fantastic. And they're going to be your friends and supporters. They're going to help you along the way. They may come to you for counsel. They may come to you for prayer. Whatever it is, they're going to be supporting you. Others, not so much. There will be people who will be your detractors, and they will be negative, and they will say things about you or to you that are unkind. They may call you judgmental. They may call you narrow-minded. They may call you naive. You may get passed up for promotions. You may not be favored on the team you play on. You may not be considered popular. It comes with a price. It comes with a price. That road to Bethlehem comes with a price. Spiritual commitment comes with a price. It just does. And the more you shine, the more people are going to see you. One of my favorite quotes goes like this. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one to swim against it. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one to swim against it. Friends, anybody here, all of us here, we can walk out those doors today. And we can fit right into culture. We can fit right into our society. It won't be hard. We can keep our mouths closed. We can go along with the current of our culture. And we can do just fine. We can be comfortable. We can be, we can be popular. We can be at ease. We can be whatever it is. That's not hard. Any dead Christian can go out there and get along just fine and live in Moab and worship the gods of Moab, the gods of the world. That's not hard. It takes a live Christian to swim against the current of our culture. That can be hard. That can be hard. Think about Ruth. Wow. She left it all. She left the comfort. She left it all behind to worship the God of Naomi to worship the one true living God. Friends, every day we make choices. And a lot of those choices won't be popular. And you'll get comments. And you'll get looks. And it's okay. It's okay. Because if we are spiritually committed, we got our eyes on something far greater, far greater. 
Point number one this morning, spiritual commitment is a daily choice. Point number two this morning, spiritual commitment will be noticed by others. Let's go on to point number three. I got to summarize again what happens here between Ruth and Boaz. Now listen, my summary I'm about to give you does not do justice to what goes on in this book. All right. The next chapter or two is fascinating. All right. But my summary is Ruth and Boaz fall in love and get married. All right. But there's a whole, there's a whole thing that happens in there with all these very interesting details. Do yourself a favor, read that book this week. Set aside the time to read it. But Ruth and Boaz, they fall in love and get married. I want us to go over to Ruth <coughs> chapter 4, verse 13. It says this. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Wow. Now think about that. Point number three this morning. Spiritual commitment is blessed by God. Think about Naomi. She received, or think about Ruth. She received some huge blessings, right? God gave her a new husband. God gave her a place to live. God gave her a way to take care of her mother-in-law. And God gave her a son. No doubt, God blessed Ruth. No doubt about it. Friends, I wholeheartedly believe that as we are spiritually committed, as we live our lives focused on Jesus Christ and developing a deeper relationship with him every day, God will bless us. Sometimes he blesses us financially or physically. As he chooses, doesn't seem like it's that often, but he certainly chooses to do that when he wants. But I tell you what, he will always bless us spiritually. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Friends, his companionship and his fellowship and his strength and peace in our life as we travel down that road to Bethlehem, it's so much better, so much better than any kind of earthly blessing or earthly thing that we may achieve or have or get. Man, we have the fellowship of our Savior with us to sustain us and strengthen us and give us joy along the journey. And it doesn't end when we leave earth. It continues into eternity. So much better. And we know that God will give that to us as we stay spiritually committed to him. We will experience his nearness to us and his spirit filling up our lives. Three points this morning, friends. Point number one. Spiritual commitment is a daily choice. Point number two, spiritual commitment will be noticed by others. Point number three, spiritual commitment will be blessed by God. Friends, every day, every day, we have a choice. And we wake up and we live in this world and we got to decide, what am I committed to? Who am I committed to? How am I spending my time, my energy, my resources today? 
What are we going to do? Do we walk down that road to Bethlehem? Do you walk around, down that road to Bethlehem? It is uncertain. Our commitment to God will lead us to a lot of question marks. There will be hurdles. There will be difficulty. Guaranteed. We don't have to. God leaves the choice up to us. He says, Dan, you can choose to walk to Moab if you want. You can worship the gods of this world. If that's what you put your heart and mind to, go right ahead. I'm not making you walk to Bethlehem. You can walk to Moab. And I could go out to this world, you can go out to this world, and we can do just fine. At the end of it, we will be miserable, discontent, and heartbroken, but he lets us, but he lets us walk that road if we want. Choice is ours. What choice are you going to make? Are you walking to Bethlehem or to Moab? Are you committed to the God of Israel or are you committed to the gods of this world? Some of you have been walking down this road for a long time, right? You've been spiritually committed. You've been an example to others. Those, you've been an example to those around you. And today, it could be that you have hit one of those hurdles. And you might be going through a real time of difficulty today. I'm going to encourage you by telling you the rest of the story. This is what happens. Ruth and Boaz have a son. His name's Obed. Obed has a son. His name's Jesse. Jesse has a son. His name's David. David becomes the king of Israel. One of David's descendants is Jesus, God's son. Did, did Ruth have any idea? Did she have any idea that her commitment to God, when she lost her husband, when she went back to a foreign land, when she had no food, when she was forced to go behind and just find some heads of grain to eat, did she have any idea that God had a plan? She had no idea. She had no idea but she was faithful. She committed herself to following God and she was committed to her family and she was committed to the God they serve. Friends, if you're going through a heartache today, let me encourage you. Yeah, it may feel like you're climbing Mount Everest. There are times when it feels that way. Man, let me, let me encourage you today. God has a plan. We don't know what the plan is. We don't see the plan. We can't see the end from the beginning. God's got it, though. God's got it. Be encouraged by his faithfulness to Ruth. He loves you as much as he loved Ruth. He loves us all, and he's got a plan. And if you're in the middle of a heartache today, take strength and courage in the fact that God's got a plan for you. You stay faithful, and I believe he's going to use you and your life to do wonderful things. He used Ruth to bring his son into the world, to change eternity for millions and millions upon millions of people. He will use you to do great things. He might use you to bring a person or many people into his kingdom. We don't know, but I know he's got a plan. And some of you, you are not on the road to Bethlehem. You are on this road to Moab. And you're worshiping the things and the gods of this world. And maybe this is the first time where you've ever heard, man, God wants better for me than that. God has more in store for me than that. 
Friends, it begins with you confessing your sin to God and his son and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sin. I want what you want for me, which is so much more than this world. Would you please forgive me of my sin? Come into my life. Put me on the path to Bethlehem. And may my life be glorifying to you. And if you've never made that decision today, I ask that you make it today. You can do it where you sit. Whereas we sing, you can meet with one of the prayer workers. or You can call up the pastor this week, talk to us today. Whatever. Friends, God's got a plan. And it's a beautiful plan. I want you to be part of it. Oh, friends, it's an, it's an awesome story. And God's got a plan for us. And I want you to enjoy it. I want you to be committed to it. Three things, one more time. Spiritual commitment is a daily choice. Two, spiritual commitment will be noticed by others. Three, spiritual commitment will be blessed by God. What road are you choosing? What road will you choose today? We choose it today when we walk out this door. We choose it every day. Let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for being so good and loving and forgiving. Oh, God, where do we start? We serve an awesome God. God, I pray that you cause us here today if there's someone in this church building today who doesn't know you, who hasn't started their walk with you yet, may today be their day. May they come to know the wonderful peace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. God, for those of us here, who are, we're standing on that road and we're fighting. We're fighting. Do we go to Bethlehem or do we go to Moab? Do we go to the one true living God or do we go back to the gods of this world? God, I pray, open their eyes and their hearts and their minds. May they choose you. And God, for those of us who are traveling down that road for a while already, if there's someone here experiencing difficulty today, may you give them your strength and your peace and your joy and your victory today. God, we love you. God, be pleased with our lives today and this week. May we live our lives in a way wholly pleasing to you. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.